welcome to Sitcom Geeks. I'm Dave Cohen. And I'm James Carey. And this is episode 132 of Sitcom Geeks. And we are looking at the uh, 65 or so scripts that we received and read the first 10 pages of as part of our uh, competition with the British Comedy Guide, uh, BCG Pro, the Sitcom Script Challenge. Yes. We did uh, not, in fact, we didn't mention BCG Pro enough on the last podcast. No. So it was a, just to explain. Uh, British Comedy Guide, who kindly host our podcast, as it were, on their servers and, and make it available. Um, thank you to them. And so for members of BCG Pro, which is like a, an extra augmented service with lots of other benefits and things that you should go and look into, if you joined their BCG Pro scheme, you could enter this competition, which was also open to um, uh, some uh, Patreon members of, of Sitcom Geeks as well. Yeah. So that's what it was. If you've just walked in and thinking, who are these people and what are they talking about? Uh, we had a script competition and the prize is to um, be basically be on an episode and we'll go through the script and do lots and lots of notes and all that kind of stuff. Um, but also hoping to learn stuff on the way, um, especially in view of the, the writing window for the BBC Writers' Room. Which is coming up very soon. So we've got about three months, probably, uh, before the deadline. And I think also the uh, Rowcliffe Award uh, happens at pretty much the same time. Yeah. Um, that's That's... April, I think, as well. And one other thing is uh, Sitcom Mission, which uh, didn't happen for a couple of years. Uh, that's a competition where you get uh, the winning uh, scripts get performed. Mm. Um, and that's, I think, the deadline for that is coming up in about May or June. Okay. So everything that we're talking about now, anyone who wants to uh, try and write sitcom, anyone mm. who wants to get a sitcom made, these are the the, the, the crucial uh, competitions that you need to, to enter mm. uh, to, to to forward your career, really. Yeah. So, um, I mean, also, it's yeah. worth saying that, you know, we, the, the only way in is not via competitions. We've mm. talked a lot on this podcast about making your own stuff, doing your own thing shooting your own sketches, making your own podcast. There's nothing to stop you making your own radio comedy. Um, the It is not expensive to make your own show. Um, and uh, for, for, for that's audio only. Um, there are loads of other routes in. Competitions is a good way of just getting noticed. It gives you a deadline to hit. Um, and it gives you a script that you can also send to uh, producers or agents or anything mm. like that. Um, so, so, you know, we're, we're not saying... Your only way into the industry is via competition, but if you can write a decent script that will get you noticed, and and the writing, the writers' room have a you know for them it's not so much about finding ideas for shows for the BBC. It is much more about finding new voices hmm. and developing them and giving them a bit of mentoring, and also introducing them to other writers and showing them that you could actually end up working on Holby or or working for Children's BBC or just getting a foot on the ladder, learning your craft. Um, as well, and hopefully you might win a BAFTA-winning drama at some yeah. point. Yeah, yeah. Well, or comedy. Natural. Who knows? Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. but, that, but that's the idea. But, it, but the, yeah. that's what the BBC Writers Room are trying to do. And I think, but just just before we get into the actual sort of nuts and bolts of uh, of, of your scripts and 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 the notes, so we um, we we talked in the last episode about um, the the amount of work you have to. Uh, do before you even write any words let's try and be a little specific now because uh we've you've you've got three months i think and um so when we say well you know and and you've got this deadline and and deadlines are always 
great um, because you know you have to get them done by that deadline. Um, and you, also, you don't get to do the Douglas Adams approach to deadlines. Where he says, I love deadlines. I love the sound they make as they whoosh past. <laughs> yes, right. Um, but you have to be Douglas Adams to get away with that. Yeah, yeah. yes. Um, or John Finnamore, in fact, as uh, David Tyler uh, noted in his uh, speech when he gave him his outstanding contribution award, he said, how can I, how can I introduce uh, John? And what I said, oh, I'll try and get into his mindset. So uh, I've got this speech to write by Monday. So I'm just going to go on a cycling tour for four weeks. <laughs> um, so... Yeah, deadlines are very important. But so uh, assuming you've got three months and you've, you've got a half-formed or a, as far as you're, you're aware, you think you've got a, a good idea. We talked a lot in the last episode. You really need to not just have a good idea. You've got to absolutely thoroughly uh, examine that idea. You've got to bash it around. You've got to, uh, you, you've got to road test it. You know, you've got, you've, you've got to try it against every possible uh, outcome. It's not just, I've got a good idea, because lots and lots of people will have good ideas. You have to really push that idea. And I would say, I'm maybe being a bit bold here, I don't know, but I would say if you've got three months now, uh, I would say that the, the, I would give yourself six weeks to actually really test your idea and your characters and come up with stories. Don't actually write anything for six weeks. Mm. Would you agree with that, James? I think one of my bits of advice... Um, so I wrote a book called uh, Writing That Sitcom, which you can get uh, via Amazon uh, as an ebook uh, or via my website or whatever it is. And there's also... I'm doing an audio version for Patreon subscribers, another reason uh, to join, and I've been sort of munching my way through that. Um, but one of the things is I do often say writing a script is so hard that th that you just need to cheat. And one way to cheat is to be so is to make yourself in a position where if you don't write the script now, you're going to go absolutely nuts you, that you're in the position whereby you, in, enough. I have to write the script now. Um, and the way to do that is to know your characters, know your situations, and then to be impatient to get the script written rather than writing the script through fear that if you don't start writing the script, you won't have long enough, you know, that you need ages to make the script better. But actually, if you're puzzling over draft after draft of the script and it's just not working, the characters probably aren't right, the situation's not right, something's not right, and you really need to do your best to fix that. So, I mean, famously... John Cleese, you know, said that they spent half of their time writing Faulty Towers on the plotting. And people were, oh, my goodness. And actually, if you work as a writer, you just go, yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, I mean, John Finnemore would say the same, if not more, that he spends more time on the on the plotting, on the plotting, on the plotting, so that there is an elegance to it and it's simple. And you spend most of your time cutting stuff out, actually. Um, so I think that's good advice to hold back writing the script until you can bear it no longer um i think there's something in that i think we've read quite a lot of scripts which feel like some some half half formed characters in a in a situation that we feel like we've seen before searching for a plot and side note this is also true of stuff that's actually on television yeah and as i said on also we have a private facebook group for patreon subscribers i'm sort of almost on the point of giving up on series three of Mrs. Maisel right. on Amazon Prime, a show which I absolutely love. I have never seen so much brilliant dialogue and so many brilliant characters and such an expensive set in search of a plot right. quite so hard. It's just drifting, 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 yeah. drifting. That really mm. grabbed me on series one and two. Yeah. But it's like, 
you know, you, you, you do need to know yeah. the beginning, the middle, and the end of your yeah. story. Conversely, I show that I like... Uh, you, you certainly didn't like as much, and I, I, I did like, but uh, haven't been uh, enjoying so much, and, and in fact has almost come to the end, uh, is uh, The Good Place, uh, which, which is uh, lots of perfectly good characters uh, and a hideously complicated plot that basically got in the way of the characters mm. by the by the uh, roundabout sort of for me halfway through about season two um and uh, and so uh, much as i loved that show and i, I loved and there was a massive of, plot reveal at the end of series one which i couldn't also be bothered to get to well uh, yeah and which, that, which, you're which making I, your life, I had yeah. guessed sort right. of a lot earlier anyway mm. so i was a little bit dissatisfied when that came but the, the, the point is that e- even people who who do it brilliantly you know they get it wrong sometimes we talk we were talking recently to, to John O'Farrell uh, and uh, who's a very successful uh, novelist and and is now uh, also a successful um, musical yeah. uh, Broadway musical writer yeah. who and writer of that. the Peter Principle yeah a sitcom with Jim Broadbent I had not quite tweaked that he was the writer of that, yeah, yeah, of that yes. show which felt like the end of an era of mm. studio workplace sitcoms yeah. And then the office shows up, and that kind of blew a whole load of stuff out of the water, didn't it? But Mark and John got mm. commissioned to write the Peter Principle, having written lots and lots of loads, tons of stuff. They'd done sitcoms, they'd done a series on uh, Radio Four sitcom, um, they'd done various TV Spitting pilots. Image. Spitting Image, they wrote loads. And they they were the main writers on uh, Have I Got News in the first few years. They they were the only writers on Have I Got News. So uh, you know they're very very successful writers. Um, and yeah, Jim Broadbent audience sitcom. What could possibly go wrong? And uh, it turns out lots and lots of things. So, uh, so yeah. yeah. So it's not it's not as if what we're saying. And so we have the uh, magic silver bullet here for, mm. to make it all work. But but there are things that we can tell you that yeah. hopefully will when somebody's reading your script, um, they will. Um, think oh right I want to read more of this all you want really is that, that somebody reads your first 10 pages and goes I'm that I really interested I want to know what's going to happen next mm. and we talked so uh, just just a brief recap we talked about uh, the sort of the basics of, of scripts and formatting and, and getting that right we talked about what we've just talked about now which is really really examining your idea before you do writing and then we started to talk a little bit about character mm. i think that's where we we can sort of pick up now from from that yeah because you saying about you know well half of uh, 40 towers is plotting um the point is that plotting uh, we, we separate out character and plot because it's uh simple simple thing to do but but actually once you're deep in there character and plotting are the they, same. Are, they are inextricable. Yeah, you can't if you, just if say. If you buy a story by Rob McKee, yeah. the great script guru, and you can you can spend five hundred quid mm. going to one of his weekends and more I and think. more. And the paperback last time I looked was astonishingly expensive. It's about yeah. fifteen quid. Mm, but, Here, here's that. Here's four hundred pages in in one line. <laughs> story is character. Yeah, that's three it. words. Yeah, yeah. 
It's, um, and what it's, do we mean by that? I mean, yeah. it's a, it, it does, it, you know, often you see these things, uh, you know, like nobody knows anything. Mm. Uh, story is character. Well, story, uh, it, what, what it means is, you know, and we talked about when, when you have a character in a sitcom, they are the architect of their demise. They are the person who makes their lives fail. Mm. Uh, it isn't just, if, it, if it's just outside circumstances, then it's, a, uh, then it's sort of a bit boring, a bit like real life. They have to be the person who is responsible their character flaw is the thing that that makes them fail and how do you do that well they they do things and the yeah. things that they do get them into trouble yeah and that's what a plot is yeah and but it's not enough to just say well captain mannering decides to hold a, a barbecue or something mm. you, you just think well captain mannering is going to hold a barbecue and he wants to make sure everyone knows that he's in charge yeah and and that's Yes. His character yeah. it will determine yeah. the root of that plot. It would be Sergeant Wilson suggesting that maybe he should have a barbecue, and mm. Captain Manning saying, "Oh no, we're already having. I'm, I'm, mm. I'm planning one." Mm. And you've got the not bu- having planned one, but yes. now he thinks, "Well, yes. I'm going to have to do it now." And you've he... got the butcher can give him some extra sausages yeah. and all that kind of business. Exactly. But yeah, yeah. so a plot is. Captain Mannering decides to have a barbecue, but a mm. story potentially is, you know, in order to not be outdone by Sergeant Wilson. Mm. Captain Mannering decides to hold a, you know, steal his thunder and hold a barbecue. Yeah. Um, and so suddenly there is something at stake beyond the steak on the oh, barbecue. Yes. Hey! Very good. Yeah, I should work in Or not. Yeah. That's a very good example there of a, a, the first idea joke, which mm. we heard and we laughed at, and it's not going to go in the script. So yeah. uh, Yes, exactly. Yes, <laughs> yeah. exactly. This is something that we... we haven't explored as much, you know, as uh, and I think I think it is something that we will be looking at more. But it is this idea of you know what's it about? What's your show about? And when you think about well, what's Dad's Army about? And one of the, one of the many things that it's about is class and um, somebody like Mannering who thinks he's you know he he is in charge, but actually the the officer class are will always be in charge mm. however much however hard he tries to show he's the boss and so every episode what does he want yeah. he wants to be seen as the boss yeah. what does he get he gets undermined by the real boss who who is wilson and how does that happen it happens by his actions so that that is the pl- the, the plotting the story that the, the actions of mannering but they come totally from his character and they come totally from the story of the show, yeah. which is that his, you know, we, we, which is his character. And, you know, the story of uh, Faulty Towers is uh, Basil's character and where that takes him. But he is always the one. He instigates all the things that are going to cause him mm. the problems. Yeah. You know, that phrase I keep bringing up, the, the, the architect of their demise. And so that's... So that's why you want, when, as James has said, you know, you want to have lots and lots of stories. You want to have lots of things, and it's not just um, to make you feel good. It's just you, yeah. you know, so one of these stories will spark you when you think about this character that you want to write about, who is X, mm. and you've been thinking, well, what is it about this character X? You're 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 doing lots of research and thinking about what is it about this character X that I've never seen in a sitcom before? How can I make this character? Um, and 
and it doesn't have to be incredibly complicated because often the best sitcoms, I think the greatest art uh, of anything really, is something that's already out there and then somebody comes along and adds a thing to it. And that's when things take off. And I think The Office is a great example because everything about The Office was familiar to us. The, 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 it was a relatively new form, the, the kind of the work docu-soap. Docu um, so that was familiar. The cat, the idea of these characters, this sort of horrible boss. There were most of these docu soaps were about those sort of horrible bosses. So along comes uh, Ricky Gervais, Stephen Merchant. Here's a docu soap that's actually it's a sitcom. Oh, and it's got these recurring characters, and they do the same silly things every week. Oh, and there's actually a kind of uh, ongoing bigger story. There's a sort of love interest story as well and you know you actually look at it and there is there what there, there isn't a lot that's new but the thing that is new is the thing that makes it fantastic isn't it it's the it, it is the uh yeah fictionalizing of of this character this david brent the creation of this comedy monster yeah and that was really the the only really kind of original thing but you know only it, yeah. was a, it was a massive thing it was a brilliant thing um yeah although in a way he's a he is still yet a classic sitcom character yeah in that he is the wrong person to be in charge yeah and that's captain mannering yeah promoted. Um, his expectations exceed his ability he would like to think that he is the most he is the best boss they will ever have yeah and he isn't um, but, but why him wants, yeah he wants why to him be your why friend. now yeah yeah is, is well actually this is the changing workplace it captured yeah. the, the 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 mood of this is what changing workplaces are like it did it in a familiar yeah. way the docu soap which we've all seen now so there were lots and lots of very familiar yeah. things but there were these these new things or this new take on an yeah. old character in a way it reminds me when you were talking earlier about about class in and uh in Dad's Army and stuff, it reminded me of episode 105, uh, which where we talked to Paul Mayhew Archer, mm. and he talks about how often sitcoms uh, thrive on hierarchies, yeah. and how actually Blackadder is an interesting thing because it feels like he, he's a bit mean, and how does he get away with it? Well, actually, he's in the middle of a hierarchy mm. in that the the people above him, Queen Elizabeth I, feckless, mad. Um, you know, unreliable, uh, emotional, or whatever. And then, you know, in series three, Prince George, and series four, General Melchert, and the madness of the war, or whatever. And then he kicks down to Baldrick and mm. Percy, or whoever. Yeah. And so we don't, we don't mind that. Mm. And so you have a fairly rigid hierarchy there. Yeah. Um, and so that's well worth going back to listen to. But the um, the thing I was thinking about the office is one of the things is it's dealing with this new sort of feeling that we don't want hierarchies and so you've got a boss who's trying mm. to be your friend yeah and that's you know captain mannering's never trying to be anybody's friend yeah. he wants that division between mm. uh, i am the bank manager and you are you know yeah. you are a customer um and we have the money and you don't i mm. should be in charge whereas Cap david brent is trying to be your friend i'm basically yeah. a chilled out entertainer yeah. for me is one of the lines that sums up yeah the the, the whole series mm. and you think no you're not yeah and you can't be their friend and the fact that you want to you think they're the best that you could be the best boss the very fact that you want to be their friend means you cannot be their boss yeah 
and be effective. Mm. So the seeds of his own downfall are, are, are there. Yeah. So I think it sort of has something new to say about hierarchies and structures. Yeah. Um, even though the character themselves is in some ways a very classic sitcom character. And that's, and again, this is stuff that you're doing before you write uh, your script. And, and, and I was thinking there when you were talking about that, of the sort of the, the, the classic sketch, um, the, um, the the class sketch from uh, That Was The Week That Was or Beyond The Fringe, I forget which one. I think it was the, the Cook, was it the Cook Report or? Uh, yeah. The, Frost uh, Report, sorry. Frost, yeah, that's the one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. John Cleese is the upper class man. I am upper class. I, yeah. look, up to, I look down on him. Yeah. I look and up to him. Ronnie Barker's the middle class and yeah. the middle and Ronnie Corbett's the little one. And, and you know, if if ever you need an absolute on-the-nose yeah. explanation of, of how status works in mm. the scene and how characters work, you know, just, just go back and watch that because it explains it all actually i mean it's now you know when it when it was went out obviously it was revolutionary yeah, yeah. and hilarious but you know uh he does look down on him it, it says why has he looked down on him because he is superior and mm. he's always been superior uh yes well i look uh, yes i look up to him because even though he's an idiot i'm you know oh no it's like a, know, i look um, uh, when, you know the actual when one of the lines is um he says, once we've established the I am middle class, I am the lower class, yeah. I am upper class. When he goes, I am upper class, but I have not got any money. <laughs> so in some ways, I look, I look up to him looking down at uh, the middle at Ronnie Barker. Yeah. And Ronnie Barker says, I don't, I still look up to him because although I have money, I am vulgar. <laughs> <laughs> and you see, and, and you see, you know, you see it everywhere. And you see it in the, the early episodes of uh, Have I Got News for You? The first few years, you see that the the, uh, the embodiment of the of the John Cleese character, which is Angus Deaton, uh, the, you know, that I am in charge, I am the chairman, and then you've got the sort of clip, the chippy working class Paul Merton, uh, who is always smarter. Yeah, but you know, we th- but. We, we think oh yeah he's the thick working class one but he's actually the clever one yeah. but he's working class so he's never going to be the one behind the, yeah. the desk yeah uh, 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 i've just got a cse and metal work so what do i know yeah and actually he speaks the truth yeah and opposite him is the is the oxford toff yeah you know who is lord snooty who you know is ian hislop yeah but obviously there's a lot more to him than meets the eye as well because he's yeah. satirical and you know I right so. yeah but i i think at, at, you know if 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 you were to you know se- several reasons why have I got yeah. news was was very successful but if you to sort of hone in on yeah. on and kind of the sitcom element it's of exactly it. the same in would I lie to you exactly yeah you know it's Lee yeah. Mack and, and David Mitchell and David Mitchell yeah yeah um, and David is painted as being this ivory towered yeah very and actually there's nothing you know David's very middle class in actual mm. fact he's not posh or upper class he happened to go to Cambridge but do you know what I mean? He's not exactly. Well, he's not Miles. So Miles Jupp's persona is yeah. a little bit more mm. Aunt Waitrose, marvelous yeah. kind of thing. You know, when when I was involved in writing for Not Going Out, and especially when when Tim Vine was still in there. So Tim Tim Vine was the was the David Mitchell character, and so you were just you know writing endless endless jokes, and and there is an endless stream of jokes of you know Lee Lee is downtrodden poor uh working class tim's a bit posh and middle class yeah. and th- it's they were that, great it's sca- they simple. were always great scenes those two yeah i thought that was a real it was a real shame tim stopped doing the show because yeah. i think that was a real that could have become even more the heartbeat mm. of the show so that's a very simple uh thing to 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 check so you've got you you, you 
as well as this these characters being this thing they they are wanting something and the thing they want they can't have mm. and so you know like I say so Paul or Lee they will they will never be the man the man behind the desk mm. or the man with the bowler hat or whatever so um, that that's you know re- really really prod your characters prod yourself you know do do, do things to them you know yeah. you are you are in complete control of this you you can be as mean and horrible to these people as you want yeah. and you know they're just going to come back for more and the harder you can push the more you know the the, the 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 funnier i think you can get to really yeah there were two there was way too much and we we have talked about this a lot and uh, i i do urge you to listen back to, to, to some of our episodes, but uh, backstory, so much backstory we saw, I think, uh, in a lot of our scripts. Try try to just imagine that the person who is watching your show hasn't seen the first 10 minutes. They've just come into your show, which is how most people discover comedy. They don't sit down like us sitcom geeks saying, oh, there's a new sitcom by a new writer. I'm going to sit and watch from the beginning of episode one. Um, most people do not come to comedy that way. Uh, I think, like for instance, a, a great example would be the show that um, you worked on, Miranda, mm. which uh, went out, got some uh, kind of weird mixture of like either brilliant or terrible reviews. Um, gradually, over sort of three, four, five weeks, more and more people were saying, "Oh, that Miranda." Oh, mm. Some people were saying, "Oh, it's terrible," but then more and more people were saying, "Oh, that Miranda, that's really funny." Yeah. And, and and it took six weeks to go from being a kind of modest opening mm. show to by the end of it, it was you know millions of people were watching it, mm. and that's because you know it was good from scene one or it, it established what it was from scene one but then it carried on being that all the way through yeah. i have a suggestion though therefore a concrete suggestion i i thought we couldn't say this enough on this podcast but apparently that's not necessarily the case where we keep saying nothing happens in the first 10 pages of so many scripts that we read mm-hmm. and i would say out of the 65 scripts that we read that was probably a fairly serious problem with the easily the majority, probably the vast majority. Um, here's my possible solution: is delete the first ten pages. Just delete yeah. them. Start on page. Start when when the actual inciting 11. when the actual thing happens that starts the story. Because I would mm. say by page ten you need to have started your story and made it worse. Your 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 character on their quest has not only failed to achieve it in their oh. initial way. They've actually made their life even harder. But we'd, we'd very rarely get there. But what I would therefore suggest is uh, just delete the first 10 pages and then see if it still makes sense yeah. and just put in anything that you need um, to, to, to give the right information. Yeah. Because I would, so rarely are you given actually, although mm. there's loads of backstory that feels critical, it really isn't. Mm. It's looking back, it's setting the scene. It's not a movie where mm. you can spend 10 minutes establishing the normal before you have an inciting incident to take them away from that. In sitcoms, you've got an opening title sequence, you've got a title, you've got a situation, you've got the first thing you see and you immediately need to know, oh, it's this kind of thing or it's that kind of character. Yeah. And then by the end of scene one, end of scene two, they've said, if there's one thing I'm going to achieve by Wednesday, it's going to be this. And... They've tried it, and now they've made their life harder. Mm. It's even worse. It's even harder to achieve that, um, and so, and so, uh, ha- try it. 
What, well, what fun, happens if you delete pages yeah. one to nine and fun, start on page ten? Funnily enough, that's instinctively that is something I, exactly that I've done. I'm actually doing. Uh, I've uh, talked before about this novel that I wrote last year, and I'm I am now at very much at the sort of nearly. Uh, uh, well, I've kind of finishing the third draft stage of it, so I'm doing a sort of writing course uh, where I you go in every week with a bunch of people and talk about it and but you you uh, a lot of people who've nearly finished or finished their novel and um my my first piece will be uh looked at on wednesday and i my instinct was to give chapter one and i and i suddenly thought no i'm not going to give chapter one because uh i i want to just give a random chapter and i chose this random chapter just because it happened to be the one that i'd been working on the week before and i thought right i'm handing this in and i it only it needed like a sentence two sentences at the beginning to say who the characters are where we are at this point in the story and it's about a third of the way through the story and uh, I, I'll, I'll report back because um, lots of people will be picking it apart mm. but but I the more I thought about it the more I thought well actually and I was sort of nervous oh maybe I should have given them chapter one because they you know then they'll get mm. to know but I thought no actually I'm just gonna throw this thing at them and see see mm. where it leads to but just to come back to that point you made about it's not a screenplay um, and it, again this is a this is a very understandable uh, problem, an understandable uh, error that we go through. And I've had this myself. I've thought of an idea. I thought, oh, this is a sitcom. Yeah, it's definitely a sitcom. This is a really good idea for a sitcom. And I've done that thing for a month. I've sat and I've talked through the characters in my head. And I've come to the conclusion after a month of having these characters in my head, it's not a sitcom. Maybe it's a movie. Maybe it's a screenplay. Mm. And so I've gone off and I've done that. And I thought, mm, I'll try this as a screenplay. And I think a lot of the stuff, that a lot of the, 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 the scripts that we got looked to me like somebody had had an idea for a screenplay and they'd seen this competition. They thought, oh, maybe it's not a screenplay. Maybe it's a sitcom. Um, and often the giveaway is the uh it, they, the scripts are in uh, 12 point courier uh which is of course the the, the sort of standard uh screenplay um mm. uh, typeface and in fact somebody i think actually put had screenplay on the, the front page which which was a, a bit of a giveaway so and uh, exactly as uh James said, no, nothing much happened. You know, we were just establishing these characters for the first 10 pages. And I think, you know, it is it is hard to know if the thing is a sitcom or a screenplay or a sketch. It, it, it is, you know, some very, very occasionally a sketch like Ab Fab turns into an a amazing hit sitcom mm. or, you know, the parrot sketch. Michael Palin is is sort of Basil Fawlty, I think, in that sketch. Yeah. Um, so you know, you do that's you 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 do get that sometimes. But again, it's you know, you really have to have done the work. You can't just say, "Oh, I've got this uh, screenplay that I really like. I might just uh, tinker with it a bit and turn it into a sitcom." You have to think, right? How, what would this screenplay be if it was a sitcom? Yeah. Because screenplays end, people yes. grow, people have yeah. moved on, and they don't. And I think know. the mistake you make so yeah. a screenplay is Act One, Act Two, Act Three. Screenplay mm. is, you know, establish the normal, inciting incident means mm. act means character goes on a journey, the mm. journey, 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 and Act Three is the resolution where the character is now in a new situation. Or sitcoms take place in Act Two, mm. so it's a permanent Act Two. 
Yeah. Um, so don't whatever you do, write Act One, um, because that's not a sitcom. And if yeah. you do have an idea and you can't work out if it's a sitcom or a story or a, or a movie, then think what would the episodes be if it were a sitcom? Yeah. And you should be able to think of 15, 20, 30 things that could th- plots, quests for your main character um, who doesn't change and doesn't learn or learns very, very, very slowly. And if you can't do that, if it really is this story, then that's mm. a movie. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry to tell you that you've written a movie. Yeah. Um, and you're, the next seven years um, are doomed to frustration, endless rewrites, and eventually being fired from your own project. Now, I think the, the BBC Writers' Room, uh, if I'm correct, I don't think they're necessarily saying, we want a sitcom. Mm-hmm. They are just saying, we, we want, want a comedy. A, we want a comedy. Um, and, but... I think, you know, if you look generally at what is made, mm. you know, what is made generally in the world of comedy is uh, half an hour long. Yeah. Um, you, if you're lucky, you'll get a comedy drama that's uh, an hour. But but just look at what's out there now or listen to what's out there on the radio. It's it's nearly all half an hour long. So, um, and, and screenplays, movies are usually between... 90 minutes and and two hours yeah so obviously things take longer to happen so if you've got a 30 minute uh sitcom script yeah whether it's radio or even if it's a sort of you know part of a comedy drama or something you still need by the end of seven minutes to have set up Mm. everything so that the next 20 minutes that come are a consequence of that and then and then you have an, another twist and you have to resolve it but but that's you know you've got to get to the point as soon as possible and i think that's a brilliant idea james is saying well you know i we want to read the real story then that's going to start on page 10 on a lot of your scripts yeah and you you know maybe you'll find that actually there are more things to your story if 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 that becomes your page one yeah our time is is running out yeah um but we've got i've got three more points i want to make some of which are very short right um shall i do the first one and then yeah. you've got other stuff as yeah, well i've got a couple of so one things. is um on on a handful of occasions at least if not more uh there was a a scene where two characters are talking 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 i've written lots of notes on scripts which is so this is this mm. this script is just people talking and i'm aware that sitcom is a talky format but quite often you would get a situation where they would refer to an incident um that sounded funnier uh mm. than this than the scene i'm currently reading mm. oh do you remember that time when this or someone's trying to deal with the fact that this happened and you think oh why didn't i could i see that please um, don't try and save budget by not showing that scene. Yeah. Um, but that would be really good to see that scene. And that would actually really show what this character is all about and reacting in real time to a thing rather than the sort of static thing. And so I think there's an awful lot, a lot of these scripts uh, feel quite just, yeah, static, yeah. that the characters don't really have any momentum. And actually, if somebody discovers that they're, other uh, other half is being unfaithful oh yeah i found out that my so-and-so is uh being unfaithful Mm. can i see the scene where they made those discoveries or where they were surprised by the clues or they put them together and then the revelation came Mm. um so that would be my my thing and it is unfortunately another hack 
true thing that said of scripts is show not tell. Yeah, well, I was going to say that's exactly that that what what mm. you just said there. Mm. That that is another of those phrases where people say show not tell and you know what what do you mean by show not tell and it, it is quite it's not the simplest thing to explain but uh, as you say there's you know uh, and I remember a couple mm. of those things where yeah we split up because and sometimes people do a thing that's become a kind of shorthand from american sitcoms mm. for sort of pace yeah. is they say oh I spoke to them and da 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 da, and this happened, and then yeah. cut to yeah. the scene and yeah. what really happened, and and it's the opposite, which is which is not a bad thing, you know. Mm. But you have to be very sparing when you use those because they're they're quite they're quite expensive to yeah. film. They but they know, just they like, take you out of the moment. Yeah, uh, they take you out of the scene that you're meant to be watching. Yeah, and That's that too. Yeah, but yeah, it's just frustrating yeah. to read a scene that isn't yeah. really going anywhere. Mm. And they refer back to an incident that sounds like a scene that would actually be going somewhere. Yeah. And you think, oh, you've you've pointed the camera at the wrong yeah. time yes. frame. You've got two people sitting in a uh, kitchen table drinking mm. coffee, explaining something that sounds really really, really interesting. Yeah. yeah. Let's oh, see right. it. It's okay. t- it's it's TV or radio. You can yeah. you can film it. Mm. My uh, one more thought. I've got. Uh, and this is not not every script, but quite a lot of them. Uh, too many characters, mm-hmm. too many. And then again, this keeps we keep coming back to who is your main character? What is it about them? What is compelling about this character? Examine that character, and the more you do that, the less you need the kind of supporting cast of of um, people who suddenly appear. And we, and you know, we're reading the first ten pages. You know, in your head, and you know, I know in my head when I'm writing. I I I know where I'm going with this, but but you do need to. Uh, we 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 do need sort of signposts, and we didn't always know. It's not obvious in those first ten pages if. This is a, if this character is somebody who I need to invest in. That I need to find. I need to really follow this character because this is who it's about. Oh no! But then suddenly this other character comes on and does a new sort of unusual thing. Mm. So maybe they're maybe they're the main character that I should be following. We need to know pretty much in every scene. Really, we need to know who is who is in charge. Who is the main character? What do they want? Are they going to get it? Um, and it doesn't matter if they're, uh, you know, sitting at the table eating breakfast or off to work or in the office. You know, that 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 is your overriding uh, thing that you're you're getting across. Is what is this character doing to change their lives to make it better? And uh, or how are they how are they failing? And what and that's the thing you need to concentrate on. And yes, though you do need you always need the characters. And again, coming back to the office, uh, there are these fabulous secondary characters mm. who have their their own world and things. But every character in the office exists on 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 the script on the page when they were writing it. Every character exists in relation mm. to David Brent. And you know, however much they have their own thing, they are everything. Everything that really matters in that sitcom yeah. comes back to. You know, for all Tim's sort of bravado and cynicism and yeah. uh, and, and you know humanity or whatever, yeah. you know it, that that all exists in a p- opposition to David Brent yeah. and, and Gareth, who is his you know obviously you know a trusted confidant, um, and and Dawn. You know, they all they're all they all 
exist as characters. They're all well thought through characters. Yeah. And that's a really important fact. But in relation to the yeah. main they character. Are de- yeah, they are defined partly by, by that, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah. Um, and that sort of leads me on to uh, another thing that uh, I've written here on my notes. I said that uh, my worry is that people seem to think that revelation is story uh, and it isn't. And that reminds me of a blog post I wrote uh, in November 2018, which I've just found on my blog, called Five Mistakes in the First Ten Pages of Your Sitcom. Mistake number two, uh, you're writing a spec sitcom script. It's probably the pilot episode. And you want to grab the audience's attention and hook them in. One way is to trick the audience with gimmicky storytelling, which can lead to mistake two, which is you're basically writing a murder mystery and not a sitcom. And so I think... so. In a way, the, the way that you're telling the story, you're revealing information, but actually what I want to see is a character quest and mm. them making choices yeah. rather than being teased with cryptic bits of information. Mm. Um, and so actually revealing something in a scene which is not a surprise to the characters in the, in the scene, but it's a surprise to me in the audience. Yeah. Um, that's, that's interesting storytelling, but that's not plot. Right. Uh, that's not story. That's mm. storytelling. Yeah. But that's not actually helping you. And sometimes people use those techniques. Mm. And actually, what's happened is for 10 pages, they've cryptically revealed some in- information about stuff and nothing has actually happened. Mm. Uh, that's an extreme example. I didn't read one yeah. that was like that. But it would be very easy to write 10 pages mm. or 30 pages where you spend your whole time revealing the fact that this isn't what you thought it was. That person isn't who you think they are. Yeah. And if you want people to laugh, confusion is the enemy of comedy, yeah. is my, has been my catchphrase yeah. for the last five years. Mm. If I'm confused as to who somebody is, then I'm going to struggle to put the pieces together to make jokes and, and, and laugh. So I felt a few times people were using tricksy storytelling techniques. Yeah. And that you can do that, but that, that doesn't mean that's plot. Mm. Uh, that is an absence of plot. Uh, just coming back to the confusion thing, and I think I may have mentioned this before, but in my in my days, many many years ago, when I was sort of making film and, and thinking about wanting to to make more film, um, and I, I, the piece of advice I read by David Lean, who is a sort of great twentieth century director who directed such hilarious uh, comedies as Lawrence of Arabia right. and uh, and um, Oliver Twist, the mm. original Oliver Twist of 1940 or something. And uh, But he said about comedy, and I thought, oh, David Lean comedy, I guess he must have had comic scenes in his movies at some mm. point. Uh, he said, you know, any of, uh, here's how you film a comedy. Um, there's a, a banana skin on the pavement. You get a shot of the banana skin. There, uh, There's a man walking towards it uh and then you shoot the and you look at the banana skin again and then you look at the man coming towards it and then the banana skin and then you see him walk on the banana skin and he falls over Mm. and you know that's a great way to describe and you know we know we we don't go to watch faulty towers to say do you think actually this episode basil's he is he's going to win on the horse he's going to keep the money this time he's going to find a really clever way we know exactly what's going to happen it's it's how they do it how they fail that's the great yeah that's that's the great thing about comedy we know they're not going to grow we know that they are stuck in this world and we want to we want to see how it's going to happen this week Mm. and you know we'll we'll 
you'll throw in a few kind of uh, red herrings along the way, but we know, you know, and that that's the fun of it, really. Mm, yeah. Um, I've got one more very minor thing, but do you have any other headlines? I think, well, just one thing that I think we should have said at the start, really, to be fair, which which is, you know, and I think we have said this many times, it is really, really hard. Yeah. And, you know, thank you, all of you, for, for sending in the scripts. And it is, you know, if it wasn't that hard, then, you know, James and I wouldn't be here now. We'd all be, we'd be out there. We'd be in Hollywood. We'd be too busy hmm. writing our script. Uh, and, and it is really, really hard. And, you know, you never know until something goes out what's what what, what is going to work but but um you know you do uh, that that that's the, the the main thing i say is you know you you've actually sat down and written it that's great actually now i'd say step back a bit you know yeah. think think more really 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 test your idea mm. my my last one is very very minor and but i read a f- i read at least three or four times where somebody says a line under their breath Right. <laughs> and I, I was trying to work out what really bothers me about that. A, in decent shows, they never they never say stuff under their breath. And the only time I can think of exceptions to that is Basil Fawlty. Right. And he's occasionally saying a line under some, his breath, uh, for example, with Mrs. Richards and the hearing yeah. aid. Yeah. Um, and, oh, you heard that all right, didn't you? Yeah. You know, but they kind of, they kind of make a big well, thing about I it. I would make one other exception, Go which on. is the music teacher, the radio show by my uh, right. frequent co-writer, Richie Webb. And in fact, his whole, he is a music teacher. He is sad and depressed and, mm. and he, he could be something else. And actually the, the, the comic conceit yeah. is that, that he is muttering, but it's, 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 the, the, the person who's in there with him doesn't hear the muttering. Yeah. They, so they, very, they would yeah. hear it. Yeah, a, and so I, yeah. I think that I tend to not believe that they suddenly can't hear something. Yeah. So either they're saying it under their breath, in which case I won't be able to hear it properly. But if I can hear it properly, why can't the person in the room hear it properly? Yeah. And also, wouldn't it just be funny? It, you could also do a lot of it with a look. Yeah. But, but the other thing is, those lines said under their breath are very rarely actually funny. Yeah. They're usually just sort of like what the person really feels. Yeah. And that's actually, you've taken away the subtext at that point. Yeah. Um, it would be, it's much better to like, um, you know, we're all going to go to the beach today. You'll really like that, won't you? And you can see in someone's yeah. eyes, them just going, yes. Oh, yeah. um, mm. You know, I love sand being mm. everywhere. <laughs> Um, which yeah. is one of my pet peeves about going to the beach. I just sort of don't actually <laughs> like sand very much. Mm. But the moment you sort of, but if you if that line is sort of, um, let's go to the beach. Yeah, sure. Why not? Oh, you know, God, yeah. I hate sand. Or uh, yeah, like I like I want sand in every mm. or orifice of my body. It would actually be funnier if they sort of owned it and said it out loud. And I just yeah. think that there's a, it just feels a little bit cheaty yeah. under breath lines, which are normally witty rather than funny or character jokes as yeah. well. Yeah. Um, and that's sort of more about joke writing, which I guess we could cover in another episode. But, yeah. but for okay. now, I think we've sort of sucked the juice out of the first 10 pages that we've read. And those are kind of the headline themes um that we've really picked up on and there were lots that we liked of the elements of things that we like i mean even the ones that didn't necessarily make it through they they had things that i thought oh well, that's you know that's a really promising thing mm. and uh they you know build on that that's yeah. that's uh, good and uh you know there was other other scripts where uh which in fact we'd seen before and came back 
improved mm. and and you know that's great so yeah. you know there's 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 there, there there are a lot of positives to take from this that we are obviously we have been focusing on the absolute sort of yeah. you know do ahead in in terms of march mm. and your bbc writers room um deadline there there are lots of very sort of basic things that that you know avoid these things and concentrate on these things that's that's mm. what i'd say as we said earlier in the show, do join us on Patreon. There's lots of extra stuff, including us uh, writing a sitcom uh, from scratch, and you can hear mm. what the process is like. You can hear us talking and talking an idea around for hours and hours yeah. and, and getting lost in it and uh, working out that maybe something that we thought, oh, yeah, that's a brilliant idea. Half an hour later, we think, no, that's not going to no, work. it's not going to work. Or we, yeah. we, we, we end the episode <laughs> thinking, that's great, and mm. then we, we regroup... And then in the next episode, we're thinking, oh, I've sort of gone off that, or I don't think that's going to yeah. work. Here's why that probably won't work. Yeah. So hopefully that's a bit of an illustration of, of that. And there are also some interviews that we haven't released um, and uh, some Patreon-only stuff, mm. Lo- loads of extra audio. There's also a Facebook group, uh, a private group, and um, and a private RSS feed with that audio stuff on it as well and mm. um, and just stuff happening. Um, so do do join us over there and hopefully... You'll pick up some tips that will just push your script you know, onto the next level. And that's all you can really do is just make... We, we don't control the industry. We can't... We're not in charge of why drama is now the favourite over comedy and all that kind of stuff. But what you can do is make your script better. And that's what we're all about, really, yeah, isn't it? That's right. Yeah. Cool. Well, thanks for listening. Thank you very much. Speak to you next time. Cheers. Bye. Bye.